set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two Black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Natural Born Killers from 1994, directed by Oliver Stone. So if you listen to our previous episode, we changed our minds. and <laughs> We sure did. did. <laughs> In the middle of it. <laughs> and decided to switch it up and do something different. So initially, we were going to do Bound. Um which stars um, Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon. But now we're doing Natural Born Killers, which kind of paired better with Queen and Slim, which I have already forgotten about. <laughs> okay. And kind of glad that I did. Um, but we want to take a few minutes to talk about Bound. Um, That was like, my first time, like I had never seen it um, prior to like, that was my suggestion for this month. Um, and I had never like seen it prior to watching it for the show. And I did enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little different than what I expected it to be because I expected for them to leave the apartment building and <laughs> they did not. They never left. They left like like twice and then they never left again. Uh, I thought it was going to be love on the run, but yeah. it was not. And no. that's why we changed our minds. I was very upset by that. Um Oh, but like, wait, they're never leaving. Like, they're never, like, they're, like, the apartment is the prison. Like, for that movie, I would say, like, maybe something like The Handmaiden would be a good pairing. Mm. 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 Um, you know, I think that's the the better pairing. So maybe one day we can do that or something. Because we haven't talked about The Handmaiden, which is, like, I don't know. Like, that's kind of criminal on our part by now. But, uh, yeah, Bound is more... It's definitely more of a stationary movie, which is interesting because this is a Wachowski uh, movie. I think it's their debut. And, and actually, ooh, oh, go ahead. It like when I was looking up like movies, what like inspired them to do that film? They were like inspired by like Billy Wilder films, really? and I could kind of like see that like old school like film fatale movies. Oh, okay. And you can definitely see that in that film. Yes. Yeah. It's very, um, especially on like Jennifer Tilly's part. She's like kind of the damsel in distress that becomes a femme fatale. Although I just was hoping that like multiple people would get it, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But I like the idea of talking about that movie just because they're so, the Wachowskis are so. Um, well known for like sci-fi and action movies and this is not a sci-fi movie and I don't even know if you really call it like an action movie I don't think it really is that either so um, it's kind of interesting to see like 
how they drop like they jump from this movie to like the matrix so <laughs> it's there's some like similarities in terms of like actors and kind of like the setting like the setting of the apartment building reminded me of when they went to, into the matrix and then like everybody kind of perished <laughs> and, and switch was like not like this not like this so there were some parts that were kind of interesting but like um I, I wonder like how to explore like the from like in the three years between those two movies like how their how their I guess like influences and what they were interested in showing um on screen um especially them being like trans directors too um it'd be kind of cool to talk about like their sort of influences and stuff um especially since there's gonna be another Matrix movie <laughs> Oh, but only Lana is doing it. I didn't know that that was happening because they usually do everything together. Hmm. But like Lily's been doing her own thing on TV, and then Lana has been doing um her own thing with like uh The Matrix, and then I think they started Since Eight together, and then Lana was the one who finished it on her own. So, um, I mean, they do stuff apart. Because I've written like comic books and stuff like that too. Um, and that was kind of like a Lana only thing. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, if you have the opportunity, like check it out. Just don't think it's like a, a true Bonnie and Clyde movie because it is not. <laughs> no. But it's good. I, yeah, well, I liked it. I enjoyed Gina Gershon as uh, not Crystal Connors. <laughs> What's that, Corky? Corky. Yes. Yeah. Miss Corky. All it takes is a haircut and some, um, I don't know, some Calvin Klein boxer briefs. Those are not Calvin Klein. Those are like Hanes. Hanes boxer briefs. <laughs> and she was a whole new person. A little dirt. Yeah, dirt on your face. Yeah. She was the, she's the maintenance woman. She's an ex-con and maintenance woman. And Jennifer mm-hmm. Tilly is the woman married to uh, the mob. And then I forget this guy's name. Is it Joe Pan- Pantoliano? Yeah. So that's the guy who's also in The Matrix, but he was also in The Sopranos, which I don't think you've watched, but <laughs> his character in The Sopranos and this guy were pretty close because he was pretty shitty in The Sopranos, but he was also uh, one of my favorites. And so I was like, oh, okay. I see this. I see this. So, yeah, you can kind of trace a lot of, or I guess make a lot of connections between a lot of different a lot of different things so um but that's like streaming on like tv i don't know for how long but go watch it if you can because it was enjoyable yeah so we also christopher it. maloney with hair on the top part <laughs> he is a very hairy person but not on top detective stapler about to be bald in a minute mm-hmm. when he come back because you know he's coming back that's gonna be interesting because yeah, I mean how are we supposed to watch this? The Texas Oh Lord Jesus. They announced this on the wrong year. He beat everybody ass. He and really it, does. he's the worst fucking cop ever. He is, but I like his character because he be going through so much shit. And he's generally I don't know. He's always like, sure, I'll fucking beat him up. I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> 
And Olivia's like, wait. But then, of course, Olivia also begins to shit herself. Unfortunately. Oh, on, like, a different level. Oh, law and order. It's law so, and order. I think the only way you can describe it is is propaganda. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. Because we, we're literally like, ooh, Staple coming back. That's not good. The whole internet was excited for that shit. <laughs> I didn't see not one person being like, man, fuck this. No, the whole internet was excited. And then we were like, oh, but he's trash. <laughs> but I mean, I'd rather watch the trashy cop, I guess, than the supposed good cop. Because, child, you don't have to I, lie to me now. <laughs> you don't have to lie in my face. I mean, he be trying. I be just, watching. He just the was Brooklyn also. Nine Nine sometimes. Oh, I haven't watched Brooklyn Nine Nine. I haven't watched Nine One One. I have not watched Law and Order since June. It's been very odd because you know I like to watch. I just like the fucked up stories. Like <laughs> just like fucking who was it? Like Big Boy got ate by a hyena in one of them. Like <laughs> Martin Short was like leading like a small cult. These. Law and Order that was the is that was the freakiest one, and then of course Law and Order Criminal Intent was my favorite for Big Fine Vincent Office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His pig tweet that shit still kills me. Okay, uh, okay, so cool. So I guess now that our discussion on Bound is over, we can table about- for now. Yes, table for now. Never say never. We could always come back. I do definitely recommend watching the, the Handmaiden with that one. Um, I think that's like the perfect pairing. But um, natural born killers, bruh. Here we are. Here we are. Back in the nineties. Um, you know, doing it. Old school with lots of cable television. Yes. Lots of channel flipping. Lots of flashing lights. Uh, lots of flash. I know. I tried to tell you. I was like, <laughs> damn. I was like, oh, shit. I forgot. There's a lot of flashing lights. Um, a lot of so, editing. Be careful, y'all. Yeah. Don't, um, don't you know, fall out. But <laughs> <laughs> for real. But I would also say that, like, I like this way better. Like, this movie was giving me everything I would hope that Queen and Slim could have given in a certain context. Because when you say Bonnie and Clyde, I'm thinking, like, I don't give a fuck. We're going out, we're killing, we're posing in pictures. We're, you know, intimidating the cops. (laughs) Everybody can suck our dicks, (laughs) you know? Like, we're in love. And this is exactly that. Almost exactly. Yes. Like this is pretty a pretty good like modern, not retelling I guess, but like a good sort of applying the same kind of characteristics um, to two to, to um, very in love people in the nineties. If you want to call it love, I guess, girl. I don't know. It's a relationship, it and, and a- they're they're in love. Yeah, they're for them. They're yes, their def- definition of love. Yes. Okay. Nobody tell them shit about each other. Um. So yeah, I mean, we decided to change our minds basically because this is kind of, um, like the Bonnie and Clyde. Like I just said, like this is more of that 
I guess the flavor that I was, I think that matched well, or at least not matched well, probably like more in contrast because, um, like Brittany, I've put most of Queen, Queen and Slim out of my mind, <laughs> but I just, just like watching it. I was like, this is really just like a, like, I mean, it's a fugitive movie. Yes. But like, there's none of the attitude. There's none of the fun. And I mean, it's not fun to be pursued by the cops as a black person in America, but like, that's what my issue was with the movie was just like, it just didn't have like that attitude. Even though like, I guess like in the, like in the promotional materials, it kind of had that attitude. But like when you really watch the movie, I was like, this is kind of, it's a lot more subdued. This is like high, like high octane, turn that shit up. <laughs> I'll turn the volume all the way up, turn the color all the way up. Um, there's a lot going on. It's meant to capture like a, like a specific, I don't want to say zeitgeist, but like it just captures a specific feeling that I kind of remember happening in the nineties. Like it just felt very nineties, um, without feeling like outdated, which I think is cool. Um, and that's just like for the editing and stuff. Like it felt very MTV generation. It felt like very, I want my MTV. That, and that's one of the things, like I was like watching it last night and that's one of the things that I like about it. Like, I like how this movie is filmed. I like the techniques used, like for certain parts where they're like traveling, like on their crime spree. (laughs) They're not like driving, driving in certain points. They're just in a car and they're, um, it's like a projector and they're just showing like footage of like things happening in the background. And I was like, Oh, that's cute. Like, that's really cool. Like in hotel rooms, it's just stuff being like projected on the ceiling or on the walls. And that gives you their backstory. Like not a lot of things are necessarily explained about the characters, but you get an idea of their backstory and what happened to them. Um, and it's just giving you an idea and everything is amplified and sensationalized. Like it's bigger than life and it's, it's huge. It's huge. Um, yeah. And it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. It's very, it's got a lot of texture to it. There's a lot to like, look at. Like, I think you could watch it multiple times and kind of look at, cause I, I watched it. Before we talked about Queen and Slim, which is why we changed the movie, because I was like, oh, oop. And then I watched again today, and I was like, oh, like, I'm seeing way more. Because, like, I would look, sometimes, like, I look at the Wikipedia, either during or after um, a movie, just so I, like, made sure I didn't miss anything. Like, for these, um, like, for this, like, for recording, sorry. Um, so I was missing some things and I was like, oh, I didn't really see that. I don't really know how I missed that. But then I went back and I was like, oh, okay. Cause it's like, you know, since the editing's so quick, like you really gotta like look at it or you'll miss maybe like a key part of like their backstory, especially with like uh, Mickey's, Mickey's backstory. Cause his isn't really told um, in such detail like Mallory's is. So um, yeah, it's like really... It's really, like, pop culture influence. It's supposed to be a satire. I don't really know if it's a satire. Because it almost felt, like, (laughs) very realistic. From what I remember of the 90s and, like, 
cable TV and like crime TV. Um, this is like almost like pre, like right before like 24 hour news. So it was getting to that point. It also reminded me of Serial Mom. So I guess in that way, that was a satire as well. So maybe this, I would, I guess you could consider this a satire. Would would you consider this a satire? This, this movie has a lot going on with it because of its impact. Yeah, they're um, copycat killers, apparently. One, yeah. Which I never heard of, but... Um, you know, lots of people are inspired by a lot of different things. So, I, I guess this comes to like when you watch things, you like the point of the movie is how we and we continue to do it now um, with like where we are now, what Ashley and I are doing with podcasting. Um, it kind of like sensationalizes true crime. And that um, example is with uh, somebody I was surprised to see because I was kind of young the first time I saw this movie. As, as always, <laughs> very young. <laughs> um, it's one of the things that kind of like snuck off and watched because I wasn't supposed to. So naturally I did. Who told you not just, to watch it? Like, what did you see? Did you see this like a trailer? I saw a trailer. Okay. And if anything was like rated R, I was like, I'm going to watch it. So, like, for example, like, I watch, like, Deliverance. I've seen um, The Last Tango in Paris in, like, middle school. I haven't seen that one, but I've heard enough about it to be like, I don't know about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Just me being, like, in seventh or eighth grade watching The Last Tango in Paris, like, uh, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Tiny kid Brittany being like, what the fuck? (laughs) And being like, okay, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like watch it like I wanted to learn about films so I'd be like well these are movies so I guess if I, I want to learn about movies if I want to learn about cinema I guess I gotta watch these so I watched them oh my God. and this was like a film that like people were talking about so whenever it was on like HBO or whatever I, I would sneak off and I would watch it and I'd be like oh alrighty um, and then I've seen it a couple more times, but like later in the film, like Robert Downey Jr. is in here. He is in this movie and I forgot. Uh, me too. Watched it and I was like, so somebody hired this man to do this accent more than once. Because <laughs> the first right. thing I thought of was Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> And let it be known, I feel like you and me both like Tropic Thunder. Even though the, the internet rails against it every six months. I'm going to go on record to say I like Tropic Thunder. I enjoy it because of the, the, the it's clearly, now this is a satire. <laughs> like, this is a satire. His character is definitely a satire. Now, should it be done? I don't know. You know, blackface is never funny. Um, but the fact that he's a piece of shit the whole time. Like, 
And Let you have a black character re- repeated being like, fuck you. for this. Exactly. Like, that, okay. That I feel like that is like a good way to be like, yes. And not like a completely like, look at these guys. We're just a bunch of niggers. Like, you know, like, so this is y'all, not for fun. I mean, clearly he's movies, an asshole. With people in blackface, there are no black people in there saying this is fucked up. Yeah, usually it's just like a oh, this is just a barrel of laughs. We're having such a great the- that one movie with Ray Don Chong Who? and um Ray Don Chong mm, I don't know and that. Thomas C. Howe. Oh, please no! Yeah, Brittany wanted <laughs> us to watch man. that. You wanted to watch what you? Yeah, you texted me one time. And you're like, let's watch Soul Man, and I was like, let's not, let's not. <laughs> I don't think I can talk about someone being <laughs> no. <laughs> You know, we haven't done Tropic Thunder yet, but like, I don't think I can do just think about that entire thing. Oh, that we, mm-mm. but yeah, but I mentioned Tropic Thunder because he's supposed to be Australian in that movie under all that shit. And he's either doing like a Danny Glover cosplay. And in this one, I was like, oh, they paid him. So they paid, so somebody saw him in this and said, yes, he can do an Australian accent. Let's, let's have it. Ben was like, yes. Yes, I I love it. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. But um, yeah, he plays like a reporter who's kind of, he hosts like a show that's kind of like uh, America's Most Wanted, which actually made me go look up America's Most Wanted because I've never watched that. But I think that was like a big thing to watch maybe in the, early, in the 80s, early 90s. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think that show just went off the air, like maybe I want to say, oh, 2012, and they're trying to bring it back. And with that, that's a a very important show because it's helped people. Yeah, you you just kind of put, you know, I guess for the youth, the youth that never lived through. The 90s, God bless you. If you did, it was only for like a year or two. Um, America's Most Wanted. Um, they used to just put people up there. It wasn't all like the ten, th- like the top 10. Because I think the people we think of as like the top 10 most wanted or whatever the top number is. Um, but these are like just everyday like murders, right? Like are pretty violent murders. And you can call the hotline and be like, do you know any, if you have any information, call this hotline. And people got caught. From yeah, what I'm looking at. Yeah, um, like but twelve hundred captures. With his show is like American Maniacs. Yeah. Um, so it kind of like in- sensationalized like serial killers and things like that, and creates like a fandom around them. Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of like your profiling. Serial killers, um, take your pick on which ones. They talk about Manson. They talk about uh, Ted Bundy. I think they talk about Ed Gein. Um, the other one, what's the other one? John Wayne Gacy. That Those are a couple ones they mentioned, which, again, made me think of Serial Mom. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he does it under the guise of, like, you know, awareness or whatever. But, really, it's just, like, ratings and sensationalism and... and um, we had some good ass talk shows in the nineties. Let me just say, I'm just thinking about all the talk shows that I used to watch. I mean, 
Oprah was like, you know, your classy talk show. <laughs> and then you had shit like Sally Jesse, Sally Jesse Raphael, and then like Jenny Jones, and like Montel, and Ricky Lake, and all and that. Rhonda. And uh, which one? Rhonda? I don't think mm-hmm. I ever watched Rhonda. Who was I, it Rhonda? I don't know. Let me see. We had a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's Rhonda. Rolanda? Oh, Rolanda. Rolanda? Um, I don't I never watched I've never seen her talk show. But I do know Maury's been on also. Um as well for <laughs> I don't know how long. Since nineteen ninety one. So, um, yeah, those are the kind of things and so he kind of falls I feel like he falls in that kind of category although his his like topics are squarely on like serial killers and like mass murderers. So um and so yeah, so he just plays into like the sensationalism of the thing and then there's a lot of talk about you know, people being on magazines and things like that. Which also too, this was like so this movie, I think, I don't know if this movie was shot pre-OJ, but it was released after um, after the murders were committed, but like not before the trial. So I don't really know, or before the trial, after the murders, before the trial. So I don't really know, did they edit in the footage in later? Because there's a couple of like shots of OJ in this as well. Hmm. I was trying to figure that out because, again, like Serial Mom, (laughs) there's kind of this, like, comparison or this kind of, not comparison, but I would say, like, almost a prophetic, like, look at American fascination, like, the American fascination with serial killers. And I think, like, once, or not serial, or just, like, murder in general. And then, like, I think once the OJ trial happened, it kind of exploded into... Like a full-on three-ring circus. (laughs) And so this is kind of another thing. Um, But I guess, too, we didn't swing... We didn't talk about the copycat killers. Uh, There's a few. Some of these these aren't... uh, Like, they're not... You can... People try to connect them in a way that's kind of like look at this look at look how far we've fallen as america or whatever and then there's some that are like this sounds pretty close (laughs) or they were watching the movie and then went and killed someone (laughs) so um there's what uh, from what i count there's like four or five six yeah and then uh, i feel like multiple um pop culture events in the 90s or movies and things like that are all connected to Columbine. Um, that is like, I don't know. That's way beyond my wheelhouse. <laughs> way beyond my like scope of understanding. But there's one. There's a few other like shootings and things. And it's pretty grim. It's pretty grim. Yeah. And somebody, I guess, like killed somebody and screamed, I'm a natural born killer. Yikes. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, which I don't know. I mean, you can't really stop what, how people understand information when or like how they interpret movies which is kind of like a it's a good thing but also a bad thing because like you have people like who have just distorted the shit out of the matrix (laughs) and like fight club and things like that in this movie too i guess um 
So, but usually movies like this will be the first things to get blamed. Also music and uh, video games or Vigi games as Hank Hill likes to say it. Yeah. So media is usually the first, I guess, the first target. Anything, anytime something like this happens, media is like the first target. Yeah. And not the various other <laughs> issues in this country, including but not limited to um, government neglect and uh, overall, um, I don't know, disdain for its citizens. I feel like it factors in a lot, but again, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so this movie... I guess to talk about the plot, because I don't even know if we talked about the plot in Queen of I think we just yeah. went straight into it. <laughs> uh, we went straight into kind of like dissecting it. We were just like, fuck it. <laughs> so, so. Oh, you can take it. Okay. So basically, it, is, it starts out with people, like a couple, Mickey and Mallory, um, in a diner. And we really don't know anything about them. All we know is that they are dan- like in a diner, um, but they are wanted criminals. And we are on their journey through the desert, basically, um, as they commit a murder spree. So yes. wherever they go, they commit a series of murders and they typically leave one survivor with the purpose of telling whoever comes to see what happens who did it. Yeah. They want the attention. Yes. So they're doing it for the mere purpose of notoriety. Doing it for the clout. Yes. As, as uh, the youth would say. Um, And like over the cu- course of their journey, we learn a little bit more about them. Um, like how they got together, which I was a little unclear of, because like the the story, it like the movie itself is kind of unique. I like I I like how it's filmed because it's kind of it's it's trippy. It's very textured, a lot of layers, yeah, a lot of things you don't really know if you're in the movie or if you're in like a TV show. Are you, you know, is there a commercial break <laughs> mm-hmm. or, um, or, you know, if you're in a flashback, so there's a lot of things that happen. Mm-hmm. You um, got media clips again, cause mm-hmm. we're talking about the influence of media and mm-hmm. what it does um, to viewers and how we digest it. Um, but like for Mallory, um, we learned a little bit about her home life. Um, we learned that she's been abused by her father, which was... It's not funny. It's because it's, it's Rodney Dangerfield. It's because yes. Rodney Dangerfield is that I'm laughing, but it's not funny. It's actually really awful. It was like watching it. I was like, wait. Is it- that- the first thing I could think of, because again, I was a kid in the 90s. And you think of Ladybugs and Rover Dangerfield. I'm thinking of Rover Dangerfield. I was trying to think. I was like, what was that dog? He used to play a dog. <laughs> that When the first time I watched it, that was the first thing I thought of, too. Because, <laughs> obviously. But at first, I was like, ladybugs? And yeah. then I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, because he's gross in this. And I'm I'm 
I'm someone who just watched Rover Dangerfield. I'm not old enough to really have followed Rodney Dangerfield's career. He had a career long before I was alive, but, um, but yeah, so <laughs> that was the kind of like, I don't know. Has he ever played really shitty characters like that? Cause that was all, that was kind of like, um, like, what the fuck? <laughs> what's the name? It's a, wait, is that him? Let me make sure. Cause I feel like I also went through a phase where I used to watch like eighties. What are you talking about? Raunchy, raunchy comedies a lot. I mean, you got Caddyshack, you got something called The Killing, which is, he was barely in it. He was like a extra. Uh, something called The Projectionist, Easy Money, Back to School. Movie. Back to School. I've never, I've never heard of Back to School. So um, Back to School is where he went back to school to be in college with his son. And he was like a oh, wait, party I have, dude. I haven't seen this, but I feel like I've, I've heard of this. I've definitely seen something about this. And it was like, he's like a, he was like rich and he could like buy things and it's like, ah, hey dudes. Oh, no. Kind of like that. Oh no. Cause he's a stand up comedian. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I know him as just like being on like TV and of course playing a dog. So, <laughs> which is like, come on legacy. If we're continuing the conversation from last episode. Come on legacy. Oh God. <laughs> But yeah, it's very, because he's very fucking terrible. And, yeah. and he's still like, so he like he's a comedian. And the way that her backstory is framed, it is like a sitcom. So it has like a laugh track. And he's making yeah. statements and jokes. And then it has the laugh track. And it's implying that she's been abused. And you hear the laugh track. It's yeah. implying that her mom's it, been abused and different things. Of, oh, go ahead. And it's, it's like, it's so uncomfortable to watch. It's supposed to kind of be like a mixture of like, I Love Lucy and like Ozzy and Harriet, which in Ozzy and Harriet, Ozzy was like a a piece of shit to Harriet. He's always like threatening to like punch her in the face or something. That good old fashioned 1950s humor, I guess. Um, I've never seen Ozzy and Harriet, but that's, I think it's like a precursor to like, um, Oh, what the fuck is that? Oh, um, fuck. Why can't I remember what it's called? <laughs> With the racist Archie Bunker. Hmm. Why can't I remember what that fucking show is called? I'm having a mess. I'm having a all in the family. I'm having a moment. All in the family. It's kind of like a precursor. It's like one of those kind of things. I've, I've, from what I've gathered, it's supposed to be like that. But also, it kind of reminded me of Married with Children. Oh. Remember? Remember how um, what's her face was like the the kind of dumb blonde, oh, with the best outfits, with ever. the best fucking outfits. What was that Christina Applegate? Oh, I yeah, love Kelly Kelly Bundy's looks. Kelly Bundy with the outfit with the with the long hair and the mini skirts and the leather jackets. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and she was always very promiscuous. And Peg Peg Bundy, her looks. One point two. Yeah, uh, Peg and Kelly really kept the fashion up in that in that sad family. <laughs> that's very sad family. Um, but that's what it reminded me of because she's kind of in there with like a like garter stockings on and stuff like that. Yes, and she has on like her little um, collar, and she looks so cute. Yeah, she almost looks like a little. Um, 
like a little goth kid, like a kind of a, maybe like a, not a total goth, maybe like a, a little mix of hard rocker, a little punk kind of kid. I forgot what concert she said she's going to. She's going to a concert. Yeah. Um, and her dad's like, fuck, no, you're not going to that concert. And then a bunch of other things about, you know, abuse. A bunch of other abusive things. Her, his mother is also like in the same boat with her, so she can't really protect her. Um, and the I don't know the brother the the thing with the brother too. <laughs> oh my god, the thing with the brother as well, because it's also implied that like that's her son. Yes. Via her dad, and I'm like, no, no, but hey. Um, so she's got a really shitty, really shitty life going on there. Um, but who should come in to rescue her? But one Mickey. very mulleted <laughs> Woody Harrelson. <laughs> the mullets in this this movie were absolutely. And speaking of letting hair go, Woody <laughs> has Woody. How old is Woody Harrelson? How old is he in this? film he was like 30 some oh yeah he would have been he would have been like in his early 30s and she was like 19 which is gross what juliet has a i don't know juliet has a a few movies where i'm like are you what are you protecting you on a set child because i've heard about kate fear no uh Martin Scorsese, bitch, I love you, but that was wrong. Why'd you do that? I Why forgot about Kate Fear. I, I was going to watch it. That's the only reason why I remembered, because I was going to watch it a couple... Girl, it was between that and Fantasia. I was having an existential crisis on Friday. I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to watch? Um, but yeah, they... Yeah, she was like... She had to be like in her like late teens in that movie. So if you watch it back, you're like, oh, gross. Um... And in this movie, I think she had to be maybe like 19 or something. Because I was going back and trying to figure out like how old Juliet Lewis is. She's only like in her like late 40s. I would like to see Juliet Lewis in more things. Yeah. Now. I don't know what she like. I mean, she's in things, but she's not in things like that. She was she had a way big pop. She had way more of a popping career in the 90s. Yeah. For how, especially for how young she was, uh, at the start of it, at least, um, she's in something. I, I, she's, I think she's in something that's coming up. I don't recognize the title. So last thing I saw her in was an episode of New Girl a couple years ago. No, when she ma. Oh, she was baby girl mama. She was she ma. Was. Listen, she stays working, but um, she was baby girl mama and ma. Girl, you're right. So before we turned on the mics and started recording, we started. We were talking about a million little pieces, um, the movie about the James Frey book, and she was in that apparently. Hmm. So I mean, she stayed working. She wasn't like, you know, back to back to back, but she was in a movie, um, almost every at least in the 2010s. In the last 10 years, she was in the movie every year except for 2017 so she stayed working hmm. i just i don't know she's like in a lot of things i don't recognize is that so depending on um what you've seen 
or like you know i guess your tastes in movies um she's in there but yeah she's not like at this level um but she also does music and stuff so she's busy and also she um hangs out with tom and them <laughs> so maybe she's busy on that level as well um so yeah did her home life is really shitty mickey comes he's like the butcher he brings a lot of meat over 50 pounds of beef and he's dropping it all over the goddamn floor yeah and it's love at first sight yeah we can never really figure out how old he is in this so um but yeah you're right that hair <laughs> That hair was very interesting. I was like, "Where did Woody Harrelson have hair like this?" Fresh off Cheers. Wait, was, when was Cheers over? But I think Cheers was early, like ninety two or something. Cheers was on for a really goddamn long time. Ninety three. I didn't realize it was on for so long. Mm. He was on there. It was on from nineteen eighty two to nineteen ninety three. Which is actually yeah. the way some people are like pushing for shows to be on for a goddamn forever. Um, that's actually not that bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched Cheers when it aired, so. I watched reruns. <laughs> Just me. Long. Just Sorry. me watching Cheers. <laughs> Being an old woman saying, I like this show. <laughs> uh, I only like six or whatever. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I watched this on rerun. I think it used to come on Nick at Night, and that's when I used to watch it. Because I was too young to watch this. I have watched this when it was on. But, um, yeah, I don't know, because he's kind of like a good like a good guy in Cheers, right? Like, he's just like a really chill guy. He is. He was kind of like a... Like kind of like a dummy, but yeah. also... Um, I don't know. It's definitely not this. No. No. This is very different. No. I've never seen so, a white man can't jump. Have you seen that? Um, I watched it. Oh, wait. I was watching Money Train. Anyway. Oh, yeah, Money Train, too. I'm looking at his movies. I'm trying to figure out, like, because, you know, when you play, like, an iconic character, or at least a show, like, a character on, like, an iconic show that's, like, really beloved, it can be kind of hard to, like, get people to not think of you as the character on said show or said movie or whatever so i'm assuming that's kind of like what his his motivation was to like be in this movie um also i don't really know a whole lot about woody harrelson he's just kind of like a guy he is cool i guess <laughs> i know i think he smoked weed that's what i think too <laughs> wasn't it like what of him it's like him and like maybe like I don't know. Wasn't like I don't know if I'm considering like him and like in uh, Willie Nelson. <laughs> I'm confusing the two. Why was he sharing five G <laughs> anti five G reports? Okay, <laughs> we got so off topic. <laughs> I'm just looking on his Instagram or not his Instagram. I'm looking at his Wikipedia. No, um, yeah, and he said he works. I mean, shout out to the first season of True Detective. When he was eating that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no other season has been as good as the first one. And I'm just going to assume it's because of Carrie Fukunaga. I was watching that and I was like, I know. It's out. 
It, okay. Oh. Girl, I mean, shoot, it fits in with this character. Yeah. But anyway, him and Mallory <laughs> are the ones. They they fall in love like immediately, and she's they're just like we're gonna run away together. Yes, and they bounce, and, and they steal his her dad's car, and he gets arrested for stealing her dad's car. Yes, Grand Theft Auto, um, and uh, and I think oh she comes to him. She's like, my dad won't leave me alone. He's like abusing me. Um, I can't stay forever because he's gonna get mad that I'm out the house. But like, you know, he sees it as a call for help, and so he busts out of prison. I don't. This scene <laughs> confused me. He like runs. Like I don't know where he's supposed to be. I'm assuming they're somewhere like in the southwest or possibly Texas. Uh, but um, he like rides off the off the jail like the prison <laughs> area he like he escapes from prison on a horse and while there's a tornado <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot happening yes i don't really understand totally that scene but he basically that's what happens and he comes back and he rescues mallory and they decide to kill her family the everybody except kevin kevin is free yeah, so her dad, con- well, first of all, I guess because her dad confronts him, so like he's going to pull out his eyes or whatever, and I was like, okay, Rodney. And then um, they beat the shit out of him, and they drown him, and she's so damn happy, and he was like, all right, well, where's your mom? And I was like, goddamn, let the mom live. She was also being abused, but I think they kill her because she didn't, like, step in for Mallory. Um. And, like, try to help her. So they um, set her on fire. They burn her alive. Yes. And I was like, okay, yikes. Didn't realize that part. And then they tell Kevin, you're free, Kevin. And they just leave him. Yeah, Kevin nods, like, All right. I'm like, Kevin, what are you going to do? Are you going to call somebody? It is a lot. Kevin is free. The mama's gone. The daddy's definitely gone. Um, I feel like the mom was just kind of casualty. Um, but the dad was like the true target and yeah. the mom would have let them go. <laughs> the mom didn't really care. She was just in there with her wig on. Yeah. Take, taking a little a breather, but, um, they run off and they decide to become husband and wife via blood oath. <laughs> Why were those so popular? <laughs> Why is that such a popular thing of like in, in, in like eighties and nineties, like media, you bond. You're bonded by blood. Like what's what's thicker than blood? Ugh. Just the very, the very sentence makes me want to gag. You don't want to like rub blood with nobody. <laughs> As I have said multiple times on this podcast, I do not do bodily fluids very well, <laughs> or at all. You want to give a little dab, little dab. No. Dad. no, no, but I feel like this is like a thing because I remember, um, what was I watching? I was watching this as a kid, but they cut themselves, like cut their pinkies or whatever. No, 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 not the pinkies. They cut their like index fingers. Or was that from was it? 
I know that happens in it chapter one, but I yeah, distinctly the remember part. this. Yes, the good one. And then <laughs> I distinctly remember this being a thing in the nineties where like people would like that was a thing. I was like, oh, I don't like the idea of that. I feel like that happens in the craft too. Oh, maybe. I keep thinking the babysitters club. But I don't think they were real like that. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know you about to swear blood off the babysitter other kids? Oh, the babysitters club was my shit, man. But I can't remember what it was. It was something like that, though. It was like a group of friends. I was like, no, we don't. Why would we do that? <laughs> What's the point of that? Um. So yeah. Um. So yeah, that's how they decide to bond themselves in. Holy matrimony. And I'll give them this. They're in love. Like, they're in love. <laughs> Is it yeah. good for them or everybody else? Not really. <laughs> no. But, uh, I mean, you can't tell them shit. You can't tell Mallory shit. No. And things for their definition of love and their relationship, things go well to a certain point. Yeah, so one of the things that they do, because in the diner in the beginning, uh, on the newspaper that Mickey is reading, they killed like six people at a slumber party. For what Mm -hmm. reason? No idea. Why were they at a slumber party in the first place? Who knows? Um, But they... um, you know, Mallory has a new weave. I should say that too. She's having a whole new wardrobe because I'm a whole new woman. Her, okay, that, let me that, say. That weave was killing me. <laughs> I loved her Daryl Hannah Splash crimp wig. <laughs> that was like the heaviest looking wig. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like, I was like, yeah, let me get one of them. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> I wanted it. Okay. It reminded me of them. It was a Barbie that was not Barbie. I was, I was gonna say it was a Barbie doll that had you could crimp its hair. It was like it was like a Barbie that was taller than Barbie, and it didn't have. It wasn't a Barbie. It was just like a like not a baby doll, but like a no. It was, it was like a doll sized Barbie, like a Barbie sized Barbie, but it wasn't Barbie. It was like a different brand. It had oh. like flat feet, oh, and it was like supposed to be like re- like a real person type doll. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> But, not but a real she doll. had no, not like Bianca from <laughs> Bro, I documentary. I used to have a little plant that wasn't real in my old apartment that I named Bianca. <laughs> you aren't <laughs> chaotic. <laughs> I remember what you're talking about. But I re- what I remember was there was a head. Remember they had the little doll heads. Mm-hmm. They were kind of like you know, almost like you were like in beauty school or whatever. And I think you could crimp the, the. It wasn't a doll. I don't know what you would call it, but you can crimp its hair. I remember wanting that. Hmm. If I if I could find it, I'll show you. But they had hair like that. And I, I don't know like, why we wanted to crimp our hair so bad in the nineties. I know, Still. fry that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> and it came back in the the early aughts. I used to crimp a little bit. I wanted to, with but I could spritz. never find a crimper, like the irons with the like the little plates or whatever. Ooh, I had it. That's what they had. You could buy like a crimper, but like, God, if I had found a crimper, my hair, I would not have hair. So <laughs> I would have no hair whatsoever. But yeah, crimping was a thing. I remember one of my friends came to like winter, um, what are our winter dance? Hair was crimped up and that was like in 2005. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's a style that it perseveres. It has continued. I'm, you know, the way things are going with people grabbing shit from the 90s and the 2000s, it's only a matter of time before we see some crimped hair again. Mm-hmm. Crimped let hair me, with let straight me find that wig. You see it on me. Oh. <laughs> yes, please. Please go source this wig. But she's got like this blonde hair. The, I love the fact that she was talking to him and she went to go pissed in the desert and she's sitting right in front of him pissing in the in the dirt. And he's like, Mallory, I love you. <laughs> and I was like, no. When they were talking about like she was dancing on a car. Talking about and, angels. And that like whatever they were talking about then she was saying that she saw him riding a red horse yeah i was like that sounds very yeah i was like is that not the apocalypse girl is that not like the four horsemen of the apocalypse and i was like that sounds a lot like what manson used to talk about but okay oh really yeah a lot of a lot of people have a lot of things to say about a lot of stuff i was like "Mm, i know you have like a big like uh what do you call it like a big um I guess prediction of like the end of the world, like the. I mean, the, nothing brings people together like the discussions of the apocalypse and how you can save yourself. Um, but I don't. I never read like deep into what he said. But I just. I mean, I know the highlights, which is like we're gonna make slaves for all the black people. That's yeah, that's the word he used. So, um, and he so, was yeah. gonna be the ruler, basically. Yes, he was gonna be the ruler, and the only way to join him was become his slave. Mm-mm. Love it. So, um, so yeah, so they're, I mean, they're fully into each other. I think one of their first crimes, oh, I was going to go, I was going to say something about the beginning. In the diner, they be kicking people's ass. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that part. It's like, cartoony. Yeah. There's and we part- should say, like, this story, like, this movie was based on the script by Quentin Tarantino. Yes, we didn't talk about that. So I guess he wrote like the first draft or an earlier draft and then apparently Oliver Stone like rewrote most of it. So I don't really know if Quentin counts it in anything, like any of his work, you know what I mean? Or um, actually, no, it says he disowned. He received story credit, but he disowned the film. For what reasons? I don't know. I guess because they changed a lot. It seems really in tune with a lot of things that he has written before. And then, you, of course, you can compare this to, like, True Romance, which I don't like that movie at all. It's not nearly as... It doesn't have the same energy as this. Um, at all. Like, aside from two people meeting together and falling like head over heels for each other and then just going around doing shit or whatever. I don't think it's the same. I mean, it's the same, but it's not as, as energetic. Um, I was very bored watching that movie. <laughs> I'm very, very bored. So, um, so yeah. And I think true romance came out the year before this one, hmm. but he didn't direct it. Somebody else directed it. Hmm. And it has a cult following, which, ugh, whatever. Um, yeah, it's not good. To me, at least, it's not good. So, um, but yeah, I like the fact that they were like, like, Mallory is not someone to be fucked with. I enjoyed that part. Mm-hmm. 
she's beating the shit out of people. Like, she's fighting. She's not shooting at people just yet. She's actually, like, hand-to-hand combat. Um, which pe- causes people to underestimate her. But she's genuinely like, I will beat the shit out of you. Um without hesitation and half the time Mickey just be joining in just be joining in or somebody's about to come and jump in and and fight dirty and he's like now that's no way to treat my woman (laughs) he goes and and you know shoots him but there's a lot of like it reminded me like Looney Tunes a bit we're like remember he like he shot that one waitress but like it was almost like not slow motion but it was almost like a cartoon yeah which I guess for some people would be very disconcerting and kind of like, what are you doing? Why are you comparing this to cartoons? But I guess if you, if you're talking about how people consume violence in the media. And that's something that I want to comment on as well, because mm-hmm. watching this, like reading about it, they said like this film was controversial at its time because it was um, seen as being very violent. Um, like overly violent and watching it like even when I like was younger I was like okay this is a lot to take in and then watching it like a couple years ago I was like well this isn't as violent as some things that I've seen previously and then watching it um, the other night or last night I was like well this isn't violent at all um, I mean, it's pretty violent. It, it's just not as gross. It's not gross. It's violent, but it's not gross. I think that's what people... When you talk about violence in, in movies now, I think people are really talking about the gross factor and, like, how much blood there is and how 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 much special effects goes into that. Because there's some pretty bloody parts. Like, you know, at the end of it, Robert Downey's covered in blood. There's one scene where he's spitting out blood as the devil. Um, and so, I mean, it's pretty... It's pretty heavy on the blood or whatever, but like a lot of times you don't really see everything. Like you're not seeing people get a bullet to the head necessarily, but it's still violent. Yeah, like it's, I would say like it's violent for its time, but since then we've seen more and more violent films being made. Well, you can can show more. Yeah. You show more. I can watch a movie where somebody literally can get a bullet to the head. You see the blood splatter. You can see the bullet hole, all that. But this is more like, I was thinking more like this is more like senseless killing. Because half the time it's just like, why? Why are you killing these people? Oh, yeah. They're doing it just because. Yeah, they're just doing it as like a thing. Because at one point Mallory shoots a biker off his like, like a cyclist off his bike. Just because. She's like, I've always wanted to hit one of them. Not for any particular reason. They didn't do her wrong. The only people who really do them wrong is her parents. Everything else after that is like they're killing for sport. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, now I've seen like, like you said, we've seen way worse <laughs> in terms of like how it's depicted on screen in terms of level of detail, which I think that's maybe how people should categorize it. Um. now or that's how people categorize it now same thing when people say like stuff isn't I don't know gross or scary or whatever it's really just the shit that's being depicted honestly I feel like people are mainly looking at it as the gross factor because 
some of that shit is kind of gross to look at, and that feeds into the fear, the 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 disgust, and the violence, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it that was just interesting, and and also we've seen more in the media as well. Like we've commented on, like we've seen things happen like this in the media, whereas in the past we might not have seen it happen live but now we've seen it constantly we talked about that on previous episodes too well now it's instantaneous yeah so i know it's happening when it happens and not like hours later or days later or whatever Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's like that difference Mm -hmm. it's just like you have to think about like what people were seeing at the time too Mm -hmm. so if you're a person who was like a, a youth in the 90s, maybe you hadn't seen that much shit. Um, the same as somebody who's like living in the 60s and, and whatever and, you know, seeing Manson murders and stuff like that's, I mean, even nowadays, I'm like, oh, Jesus, that's a lot. But like, ooh, we've seen know. a lot. I'm just thinking about that. Ooh. Yeah, no wonder everybody's fucked up. <laughs> We've seen too much. And on anxiety pills and shit. Like, everybody's going through it. Everybody's going We've through it. We've seen too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but the thing is, too, about this is that they um, are very popular. Yes, they have fans, too. They have fans. They have... Um, I don't want to say like groupies, but like they they get a lot of media attention. Like they're being put on like Time Magazine and on GQ. And I'm like, first of all, how do you get a picture for GQ? <laughs> how do you get a picture for GQ? And like, I guess Rolling Stone. And that's some, I know um, there's a few magazines and like they're internationally known as well. Um, Which we don't see in Queen and Slim. And that was one of the big things I had issue with, which is kind of like, as connected as the world is, we never really see a whole lot of how they're being portrayed in the media other than like offhand comments from everybody else about how they're like the new Black Panthers, which whatever. And then, uh, um, you know, people regarding them as folk heroes and these people, I don't even know. Like they're not really regarded. Do you think they're regarded as heroes? There's some like really cool, like wild shit that's happening. Um, a little bit of both. They're heroes to some people. Um, and some people, they are vile, scum human beings. Um, and then some people, can you believe this is happening? Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh shit, this is a lot. Like, I don't really know what to process, but I'm into it and I can't look away. Um, it kind of, again, I've mentioned Serial Mom a bunch of times. Remember, like, John Waters said that there was, like, actual fans of serial killers. Like, he would go to court, um, like, trials and stuff. And there was, like, a line to, like, be one of the people, like, that got to sit in the trial, like, in the room. So this isn't a new phenomenon. That's the only thing I kind of had an issue with because, like, I don't, <laughs> what does this be, like, Gen X, I guess? Not to do, like, the whole generation thing. Yes. 
this point, I feel like it's played because a lot of it's blended together. Nobody knows who to blame on what. Because half the time, if you blame something on a boomer, you're probably blaming it, really trying to blame it on Gen X. I'm ready for them to get the smoke. No. Um, no. Yes, because Gen Xers are like in their 50s. I mean. If, if you're talking about people in, in politics, you're absolutely blaming it on boomers. If you're talking about people in like just general, like old ass people do not listen and blame kids for everything. Is Gen X. Depending. Them boomers are creeping slowly to their graves. <laughs> so a lot of times it's Gen X. I feel like it. Mm-hmm. Unless you all work with somebody who's geriatric. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Depending. Yes. I think it I they they need their time. They need to pay for their crimes. Um <laughs> But like, oh wait, damn. Ooh, just, you see what I mean? Just, like it's it's some just hit me. So anyway, you're how old you are, Brittany? Do you realize yes. you're a 52 year old woman? Are you Gen X, Brittany? Yes, I stand, am stand a woman in her mid to late 50s. Stand on trial. <laughs> it's time for you to stand on trial with the rest of them. Um, no, I was gonna say, um, like a lot of these. A lot of this, like, phenomenon of, like, being obsessed with killers and stuff really didn't start in the 90s, but for some reason, this movie makes it seem like it did. Yeah, I mean, people have been doing this for ages. For a long time. I mean, you could talk about the shit in the 60s. You could talk about, um, I mean, serial killers as a phenomenon is pretty new, but, like, you have, like, Jack the Ripper. Like, this is, like, a long... (laughs) This is a pretty long, but like phenomenon. So I don't know why. I mean, of course, it's easy just to blame the youth for everything. Um, again, with their video games and their their violent music, I guess. And I don't know if this is like leftover feelings from the Satanic Panic as well. Hmm. Because that that could be. Something, but um, yeah, I was like, this really isn't like a new phenomenon of people being like obsessed with things. And I mean, in this stage, or at least this era of time, this like we were way more dependent on like the media itself telling us what was happening in the world to like people sensationalizing it, which they do make some comments on the media. And like sometimes I feel like a lot of media comments are pretty like heavy handed because it, I mean, it is their job to, to report the news. However, if it's like a, a never ending, um, focus on something that's shouldn't be so sensationalized, it, it, it definitely is an issue, but also you have to think about like who's running these papers. Yeah. Because it's not the individual reporters. Um, when you have like billionaires running the papers <laughs> and everything is depending on advertisers. But then of course yeah. you have some characters like like Robert Downey Jr.'s character that's just a genuine <laughs> like creep and he's just always like in it for the ratings and for the money and for the for the attention it gets his show. Yeah. Um so yeah, so um so I guess at this, like, at one point they have, you see them, like, t- they take a hostage. Uh, this is very, cr- this is crazy. This is, like, the start of some scenes I didn't like. 
they take this hostage uh, and you see how like jealous they are. It's someone else yeah. in the picture because he gets mad at her when she takes off her ring, which her ring is really cool. Um, it's like a snake, right? Yep, they have snake rings. It's so cool. And then, um, and then I think she gets mad because he's looking at the hostage, which I didn't even know she was there the first time I watched this. And then I watched it and I was like, wait, there's a bitch right there. There's someone, there's someone tied up in the room. No. But she gets really like upset when he's like looking at the hostage while they're having sex. And I'm like, oh, gross. Um, and so she leaves and he like assaults the hostage. And I was like, they don't, I don't really think they show it, but it's like cut in or whatever. Cause she goes in, uh, she goes to like a, a, like a mechanic or whatever. Yeah. And like, she has sex with him and then he recognizes her, but apparently he's also not good at eating out. <laughs> and she's having like flashbacks about her dad. And so she shoots him. Yes. It also says the worst head she ever got in her life. And she said, don't be so eager. And that <laughs> that reminded me of that Megan Thee Stallion lyric. <laughs> and she says, stop looking my pussy hardest. <laughs> it's aggravating. I was like, well, I mean, maybe you could have given him a hint or two before you, you know, let the chopper sing. But it's too late now. Um, and there's also this cop that's following them. His name is Jack Skagnetti. Mm-hmm. Who is also terrible. Everybody in this shit. There's not a one good character in this movie. Eventually we learn that he is also a serial killer. Yes. But he is um, a state-sanctioned serial killer because he is a detective. Yes. So he kills sex workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he does as he start like follows them on their spree yeah so <sighs> nobody is good in this movie except for the so this is the part i did like is when they meet the the navajo man i think his name is red cloud is that what his name was um i don't know okay yes his name is warren red cloud um so they meet him after they run out of gas, which I'm like, why do y'all run out of gas in these movies? But I guess it's a good plot device. And they've also been taking mushrooms. So they're they're tweaking. And he provides them like with a place to like stay. Um, but he also senses that they are just pure evil. And mm-hmm. he wants to exercise the demons out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I there's this part too where they projects like like the word demons and too much TV on their shirts. Which I was like, are you saying it's demonic to watch a lot of television? But I guess, yes. <laughs> I guess, yes, that's what Oliver Stone is trying to say. And um, Mickey's having like a terrible dream about his his like parents and like his mother. Because his mother is verbally abusive. His father is abusive to his mother. Um... And so Mickey's so disturbed that he wakes up and shoots uh, Warren Red Cloud. And I was like, yeah, I didn't need to include this. 
But, of all the scenes they didn't need to include, I feel like they could have left this one out. Um, one thing about this though is like this is the only time they feel bad. Like, yeah, they feel like sorry for killing someone. Yeah, this is the only person they feel remorse for killing out of all the people they end up killing in this movie. And they don't like revel in it and they like freak out. Yeah, they freak out. They're also still like high on mushrooms. Um so but they're losing it. Like Mallory's pissed and then he feels bad because he didn't really mean to. Um and it also like I guess Warren Redcloud's like son is there and he calls him evil too. Um, but then it's weird. They uh, like at one point when he's dying, Warren's like, Mickey's the demon I've been waiting for for like 20 years. I was like, imagine waiting 20 years for this man. Mm. For this man's demon, demon esque behavior. Um, and then they also get uh, bit by rattlesnakes. A lot just happens. <laughs> I guess because he has rattlesnakes that he uses, like, Warren has rattlesnakes. Um, like in his home that he keeps, I don't know if it's as pets or as like part of like traditional ceremonies. They didn't really explain. I hate the part when they're talking to him, they assume he doesn't speak English. And I was like, you really think he doesn't speak English? I mean, they are like, they're, she's like doing that thing that they, people do when they're like, they think talking louder at people that don't speak English will make them understand you. Which makes no sense. And then he says, how? And I'm like, no, not how. Please shut up. So, yeah. That was, like, one part. I'm like, okay, we gotta just, like, sped through this part. I don't know how you would have got this. They could have just tripped balls out in the in the wilderness. And, I mean, I guess they needed someone to, like, I guess to show that they were capable of remorse-ish. But I was like, yeah, we gotta skip this one. We gotta skip this scene altogether. Yeah. So I hate that one. But uh, yeah, they get uh, bit by rattlesnakes and they go to a drugstore and try to find um, a snake antidote. And this part, okay, so the first time I watched this, I wasn't really paying, like the music in this movie is good. The music in this scene, zero stars. <laughs> Did you listen to the song that was playing? No. <sighs> what song was playing? Because the song is called "Rock and Roll Nigger" by Patti nope. Smith. <laughs> nope. And I was like, I because I had the you know I always have the um the what's it called going the closed caption and I was like, you know the music in the in this movie is pretty good. Um, a lot of it I think was, I think it was put together by Trent Reznor. I think this is like one of his first either his first soundtrack or one of his first soundtracks. And some of it was music that was actually made for the movie and not just music that they just pulled from wherever. And um, this is like a song from one of her albums because I feel like Patti Smith is one of those like, wasn't her, is it her or Yoko talking about a woman is the nigger of the world shit? <laughs> I'm like, every time I see that quote, I'm like, I just want to fucking like claw my eyes out. Um, yeah, this is, um, this is a song. <laughs> because Patty Smith apparently identifies with Patty Smith, a white woman, as far as I can tell, um, identifies as yes. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what are these lyrics? 
What are these lyrics? I, I guess it's say something wild, but I'm girl, not you can say it wild because the motherfucking song. <laughs> I mean, would you? I mean, why do you want that title? Y'all are so weird. Why are y'all so weird? Why? I mean, and they know they can't handle being both. No. Marilyn Manson covered this song, and I'm not even surprised. It's just so fucking ridiculous when you really sit there and think about it. I'm like, why do y'all want to be? Like, you're already maligned, pretty much. But, like, why do you want? It's not, why do you want that title? Nobody wants that title, bruh. Like, child. Child. Yeah, it's very... But she can she defines it as being like a rebellious and honorable outsider. And I was like, Kyle, <laughs> are you fucking stupid? But I just wanted to know if you had caught it because I was in there and I was no. like, let me, let me Google these lyrics because who is singing this song? I, that went woo <laughs> over my head. Well, I guess it's because it's supposed to be like they're, like they're re- "Quote unquote rebellious, or at least living on the outside of the of the fringes of society, they have rejected society as a whole. But like that is not what that means. And I'm sick and tired of y'all trying to figure out ways to squeeze in to be oppressed. No, child, 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 child. Yeah, I was very much like." Can you believe that? That's the then that's the title of the song. That is the title of the song. That's okay, bro. Oh, I love how Google's tried to change it to uh like nigga with an with an A. Oh no, that ain't what it is <laughs> Basically the song talks about being like a black sheep and and you okay. know, are you outside of society and stuff like that? And I'm like Okay. That's not what that is. It's not. Girl. <laughs> These lyrics. Jimi Hendrix was in there. Jesus Christ and Grandma too. And Jackson Pollock was a name. And he goes Who? Jesus? <laughs> and Jimi Hendrix? I mean. Yeah, Jimi but... Hendrix. Yes. <laughs> He's one of ours. Jesus, Jesus Christ, as well. We claim him as well. Sorry about it. Um, Grandma Jackson Pollock. My grandma. I mean, we black. Not, I mean, not Patty Smith's grandma. No, not Patty Smith. I don't understand yes. it. I, that's the one part I was like, no, the soundtrack. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Who decided that it needs to be on the soundtrack? Trent. Trent Reznor. Who told you this is okay? Nah, Trent, now you know. You know how I feel. Why you do that? Right? Ugh. You know I you know I be listening. you know I be listening closer. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why you do that? Like, child. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I just wanted I wanted somebody to say that. And also side note, speaking of I know we talked about Quentin Tarantino earlier. He has said specifically he probably I, identifies as one too. No, no, no. Anyway. no well, yeah. But no, he has said specifically, I hated that fucking movie. If you like my, so- my stuff, don't watch that movie. Which is crazy. I mean. Because they go really okay. well together. <laughs> so what? Okay, girl. 
He's probably really pissed off. I mean, I'm trying to think about it. I'm thinking about it right now because I've seen a lot of your stuff. Right. I've watched this movie. Right. Are they too different? Not really, but okay, girl. I mean, we, I guess- your, your little, your fingerprints on it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like that. So. That's your, that's your child. That's your baby. Don't do that. So, okay. That's can your I just, baby. I guess we're backtracking into Quentin Tarantino. I'm going to read this out. It says, after Quentin Tarantino attempted to publish his original screenplay, um, Natural Born Killers, like the actual screenplay for the movie, uh, he tr- attempted to publish it as a paperback. Um, as he had done for his scripts, um, done with his scripts for True Romance and Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Um, they actually, so the producers of Natural Born Killers filed a lawsuit against him claiming that when he sold the script to them, he had forfeited the publishing rights. Eventually, Tarantino was allowed to publish his original script. I wonder how different this was. Hmm, Probably a lot more dialogue. He loves hmm. some heavy dialogue. Probably. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you told me I couldn't publish my shit or whatever, I'd be pissed at you too. So, so I get it. It seems like the black mark on his career. But yeah, I just had to point out that <laughs> Patty Smith song, cause like, bitch, what? <laughs> that is wild. They're just crazy white people. Like, not even crazy. Like, they're genuine. Like, they're just sociopathic white people. <laughs> they know what they're doing is wrong. But it's okay. It's okay. It's art. You know, I'm just expressing myself. I understand. I feel oppressed too. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure Patti Smith is the one who did that other song. And I'm like, just, you know, make the hair stand on your back of your neck. Because I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, what are you doing? She's quite revered. (laughs) She is a very well respected musician. I mean, you know what? I'm gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep it moving. <laughs> Not to raise anybody's hackles on Patty Smith. I don't even know when the last thing she released. I've never. I don't think I've heard a Patty Smith song. But yeah, that um blows. And so, um, there's a shootout and they are captured finally. Cause I think do they kill the guy at the store? I think they do. Yep. They usually leave somebody right to like tell the tale. And um, so people are like, oh, well, you can't shoot me because, like, I'm the last one. And he's like, well, I got to shoot you because there's some, so there's be something to talk about. And I'm like, <laughs> what? He was like, ooh, got you there, Donna. Yeah, like, and yeah, I got to give him some talk about. By this time, they had killed 48 people, I guess, in three weeks. And this makes uh, number 49. Mm-hmm. So, um, the I don't know what the cops were doing. <laughs> like... Fuck up and and not have your tail light on and people want to gun you down. So I don't know what was going on here. Um, and then we see them in jail. I think they're in jail for like a year. Mm-hmm. And then we see Tommy Lee Jones. I wasn't expecting that either. I forgot that happened. I wasn't either, and I was also like, this man has been old, like Rip Torn. Tommy Lee Jones has been old my entire life. I have seen a young Tommy Lee Jones before. I don't know when and where, and I've okay. also forgotten that. Okay, happened. okay, let me look. Uh, I've never seen this. It might fuck me up. <laughs> oh, okay. Giving you Robert De Niro. 
give it to the girls. This is from 1978. Well, come on now. Tommy Lee Jones looked like he used to play football, and he sure did. <laughs> That's a picture right here. <laughs> he is a Texas boy. I was about to say, probably from Texas. He is. He is from like Austin. a real. Oh, he's from like a real small town. Uh, San Saba. I have never heard of that, but it sounds like it's near the border. So, uh, no, it's not. It's actually just in the middle of nowhere. It's close to Austin, close to Temple in Austin, but it's like smack dab in the middle of Texas. So if you know Texas, there is not shit out there. Uh, <laughs> there is not a one. There's 3,000 people, apparently, mm. in San Saba. So, um, yeah, and I think Woody Harrelson is from, like, Lubbock or something. So these are two, like, real country boys. Um, yeah, so uh, he is the warden of the prison that they are in. And he is disgusted pretty much by every prisoner um, that is in his care. Yeah. That good old prison system. Yeah. Um, but they have granted an interview for um, Mickey with uh, what's what's Robert Downey Jr.'s character name? I've been calling him <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Steve. <Arthur>. No, <laughs> his name is Wayne Wayne Gale. Yeah, Wayne. Yes. Um, then I was calling him Ruth Wayne for a little bit. You call him what? Ruth? Bruce Wayne. Okay. <laughs> it's funny because he's Iron Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. he. Yeah, so he wants to hear like the prison exclusive. Like they want to give Wayne the, uh, well, Wayne wants the prison exclusive. He's planning on making like this big. Ooh. Yes, um, I'm sorry. You just got <laughs> a picture of young Tommy. I sent, yes, I sent Tommy the Jones. picture of, of Tommy Lee Jones with long hair. All these other pictures, I don't really know about these other pictures, but this one he's given his Robert De Niro. And I respect it. Yeah. I like Tommy Lee Jones. He's been in some good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Wait a minute. I'm going to send you another one. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> listen, if this ain't the thirst hour, then what's the point? What is the point? What is it? This is... 2020's been hard, y'all. <laughs> we are struggling. <laughs> Dr. Fauci let us outside. <laughs> Ooh, with a soul, a turtleneck. <laughs> Listen, will, will we go on record saying that young Tommy Lee Jones was very... He had the juice. He had a unibrow. And he did have a unibrow. Got that hair, okay. Got that jawline. Oh, I see it. <laughs> what year is this? It's probably like from the seventies, I think. Too. I don't know. He's got a full head of hair. Oh, he's got a picture of him. With his- <laughs> this is gonna be me. Me sending pretty pictures of Tommy. <laughs> he looks. You know it. Somebody compares it to uh, what's his face to like. Uh, Josh Hartnett. It does kind of look like Josh Hartnett. What's going on? What is this? I don't know what these glamour shots are now. <laughs> she even said some. He got his chest hair out. <laughs> sure, unbuttoned. Wind blowing through the hair. It's okay, giving John Travolta. It's, okay. giving, it's giving John Travolta. All right. 
Oh, that's the movie. Okay, somebody just mentioned it. What movie? That's the movie I seen him in, and I was like, he was young here. What movie? Um, the eyes of Laura Mars. Oh, I've never, I've never heard of that. Um, it's a movie I told you to watch because I feel like you would like the aesthetic. Okay, I'm nervous. I mean, if it's in mm-hmm. the '70s, I will watch it. But I'm nervous. yes, <laughs> I'm a little scared. Um, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, so, uh, so yeah, there's the interview that's happening. That that's going to happen. It's supposed to be a big event, like a cultural event, I guess, because um, it's being held. Supposed to be aired right after the Super Bowl, so like people are going to be watching television. Um, and Wayne is very excited. There's also a, a plot to kill um, Mickey and Mallory because they are supposed to be transferred to a psychiatric hospital or prison. Um, and the warden's like, I'm sick and tired of them. Um, Sheriff, I need you to kill these people. And just make it look like an accident or something. Yeah. Which, girl. I was like, you're not even going to have to worry about them. So what are you worried about? Like, why are you doing this? But also, like, Mickey, either Mickey or Mallory. I know Mallory has killed people in prison. And I feel like Mickey has as well. And so, like, the, like, uh... The detective is like, why don't y'all just like put them in the electric chair? Which I was like, oh, that's really casual. But I was like, if this is in Texas, I mean, it feels, <laughs> it feels on brand. And, and, um, the, uh, the warden is like, well, we can't because every time we're going to, they kill somebody else and we got to start the legal proceedings all over again. Hmm. I was like, Okay. <laughs> I guess that's one way to avoid uh, the electric chair. I don't know if that would work in real life. Um, so, yeah. So, um, at this point, I'm thinking that Mallory has actually got some psychological issues. I mean, she does, but, like, like genuinely, like, there might not be no turning back for her. But Mickey seems more like he's just a genuine sociopath. Yeah. Because he's worried about the ratings. Yeah. Because he asked. So they have done a feature on them on American Maniacs. And he's asking Wayne. Because Wayne has come to get permission, right? Um, to do the interview and talk to him and get like his okay. And then um, Mickey's asking like, oh, like who else have you done like profiles on and like what were the ratings like what were our ratings and apparently they're like second only to the manson family or really charles manson and he's kind of like "Mm." i was like no not ratings please (laughs) in this day and age i never want to hear about ratings again yeah i was like okay it's a little bit too real now it's a little bit too real yeah we are laid low by 2020. <laughs> oh, God. In the 21st century, honestly. <laughs> it's just been a bad 20 years. Yeah, we care more about ratings than we do about people. But anyway. I was like, does anybody even realize how ratings work? Because not everybody has a ratings thingy. 
attached to their cable, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Those proverbial ratings. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think too, um, there, there's a psychiatrist, I guess, that has been like interviewing them and he has classified them as sociopaths. Also, he doesn't affect, he doesn't seem to think that the abuse that they've suffered affects them at all in this classification, which I thought was really weird. I don't know if you have any insight on that. Mm. That seems like a major oversight, like on his part. I'm kind of like zoned out on that part. (laughs) Like, by the time I got into like the what happens at the in because so many things happened at that one time I was like okay so we're in the prison Mm -hmm. and I was watching with um Skagnetti and what he was trying to do with um Mallory and I like totally missed that part yeah, I think it's when Wayne, like, I guess Wayne is getting a lot of uh, footage because, you know, he's talking, he does a lot of, um, he's very hands-on in the editing room. And so I think he's getting footage just for the, either this is previous footage or this is, like, stuff he's getting for the actual, like, big special or whatever. Um, and um, so, yeah, I think the biggest part about this really is the fact that um, is that Mickey says yes he's gonna do the interview. He shaves his head, which I was like finally let that let them strands go. Um, and he also imagines like a big crowd. So that's what I was like. Oh, he's still kind of like he's definitely sane. I feel like, but he's definitely more concerned with the. Uh, the attention that they're getting. And um, so they have their sit-down interview. And I don't know when or how, but I guess somehow Wayne convinces his father-in-law, who is in charge of the TV station, uh, this is what I got from the phone call, at least, to that they should do the interview live, which causes a whole lot of issues later on down the line. <laughs> so this is a live broadcast in the prison, and he's talking to Mickey, and he's kind of like... I don't know. He's trying to play like his hard hitting journalist angle. And Mickey basically is saying all this stuff about how he was raised and there are questions on like, did he murder his father? Which I think his father committed suicide and he witnessed it. So that's already pretty heavy. Um, but he's saying a lot of stuff about like, I mean, it guess brings up about like stuff like, like nature versus nurture. And he says like murder is, pretty like a pure thing which is such a creepy thing um to like hear and how it's like normalized in like the animal kingdom and in capitalism um they've just like rebranded it as like industry so i was like ooh. but as he's saying all this stuff like the um the like his fellow prisoners are like being radicalized basically like, they're yeah. enjoying it. As soon as he calls himself a natural-born killer, they're like, fuck yeah, and they start tearing shit down. Yeah. Um, and soon it's just riot time. Yep, and then things go left. If shit wasn't going left already, it was <laughs> it was heading there. 
like all the way left. Also, I love how the Coca Cola uh, polar bears kept popping up. Yeah, I was like, uh, is this supposed to be here? <laughs> Did Coca Cola not like kill them for this? I wonder how much money they used to like or had to like, like how much. Did they have to pay to use that in this movie? Because Coke is a is a family institution. I was like, oh, okay. I, I was like, y'all, is y'all supposed to be in here? Because <laughs> I don't, I don't feel comfortable having a Coke and a smile right now with y'all. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't think y'all supposed to be here. But is it like, is it like the whole family sitting down to watch this? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know, but I was so like. Right? Like, what? I mean, because those bears, if you weren't like alive in the 90s, like, them bears were very popular. And I think in the 2000s, um, like, they, they still played them, but I don't think it was as popular or as like. I feel like it was because it's a seasonal thing. They used to play it like in the winter. And I think sometimes you'll see a commercial with the polar bears, but you know, the, the situation in polar bears right now is pretty damn dire. And I think they had moved away um, from the CGI polar bears um, as of late. But I feel like that was like, like that was a big commercial um, back in the day. Because mm-hmm. I remember those. Um, I don't even know what the big deal was. Like now that I'm watching it back, I'm like, why were they so? Because <laughs> what was so important about these bears? I guess they were just cute. And it was drinking Coke. I mean, yeah, but like... And they drank it with Santa Claus. They did drink it with Santa Claus. And they went... <laughs> they, were very ex- they were very excited. I think the last one I see on the internet, um, they used it for the Super Bowl in 2013. Hmm. So yeah, uh, I think in the '90s they were like, because I think they introduced them in the in the seven or no, I'm sorry, in the '20s, and then again in the '70s and then in the '90s, um, they had like this major um, ad campaign, and they were pretty popular. I haven't seen them lately, but yeah, so. Um, just them popping up. I was like, is this such a family? Like, are we all gathered around the TV at 8 o'clock? Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, what was that? Like, Sunday night television? Mm-hmm. To yeah. watch American Maniacs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this reminds me of I used to what, sit there and watch uh, TGIF on, um, on ABC on Fridays after I got home from school. Because mm-hmm. I'd be like, fuck this. And I threw my bag and like, where is Boy Meets World? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, after this, they just start fucking shit up. Yeah, it, yeah. And also the sheriff is an idiot and was trying to come on Mallory and actually thought she wanted to have sex with him. And he learns a lesson. My men are not smart. He learns a lesson. Yeah, because she stabs a shit. Well, first there's a shootout. And I think he maces her too. And then Mickey comes because Mickey hears all the writing and he 
takes the entire camera crew and the, the police and everything in the room with him hostage. And he's like, we're going to walk out of here and y'all going to film me the entire time. So he's like, keep the camera rolling and we're going to save Mallory. Mallory is being beaten up by cops and there's a sh- like a shootout and a standoff between Mickey and um, Scagnetti and uh, <laughs> and then Mallory comes and stabs him in the neck. Yeah. And then they shoot him or she shoots him. Mm-hmm. It was like um, when you get shot in a video game and the screen turns red. Yeah. Isn't that from like uh, from um, what's that fucking It reminded me of uh, Goldeneye. Doom. What is Doom? Doom. Like with the alien or like monsters. Like it's that first person shooter. Oh, I never played that. I was thinking um, Goldeneye. Oh, I never played Goldeneye. Really? I mean, I never really played it. I watch other people play it because I am I was friends with a lot of boys and they were boys are such game hogs. <laughs> oh, Doom mm-hmm. like the like the the movie? Yeah, it's based on a video game for PlayStation. Oh. Yeah. Like the first the OG OG PlayStation. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never I didn't know they had an actual game. I just um mm-hmm. Starring Dwayne Narod Johnson. Please. <laughs> Listen, get in where you fit in, man. Get in on that video game uh, money. So, uh, yeah, that's what it made me think of. Because every time you get shot in, like, a first person, I don't know how it is now. I think they just let you die. You see people running around without you. I think that's how it is in, like, Call of Duty but uh, or Halo or one of them. But, yeah, back in the day, like, in GoldenEye, um... Which I never got to, that's the thing, I never got to play because, like, my friends would hog the controller and I was always like, let me play. And they were like, oh, wait, next turn, next turn. Oh, that was a lie. Girl, for real. And then I'd be like, fuck, I don't want to play anymore because I'm just sitting here watching y'all. I'm bored. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was kind of an interesting, like, effect. And then they end up, um, uh, they end up escaping. Uh, the warden and the rest of his men are killed by all the prisoners. And they're in the woods with Wayne. Because I guess they use Wayne as like a uh, as like a bargaining chip. So they won't shoot them. Because they shoot them, they'll shoot Wayne as well. Um, and they're out in the woods. And Wayne is thinking that they're going to run off all three of them together. <laughs> and that's not what happens. No. So Wayne also kind of like indulges... Like, he gets a little too close to the subjects. He got a little like, too much dip on his chip. Yeah, like, he becomes who he has talked about all these years. Yeah, he ends up shooting. Um, I think he shoots cops and he shoots some other prisoners. I don't, um, couldn't tell who, who he was, who was firing at, but he was having a good ass motherfucking time. Mm-hmm. And he decides in all that, like, I guess euphoria, he decides to call up his wife and admit that he's been cheating on her and uh, is going to leave her for his girlfriend. And he doesn't give a shit because he's feeling alive for the first time in his life. And then he goes and calls his girlfriend and his girlfriend's like, I'm leaving you. <laughs> so grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, but he's been feeling himself, uh, and he thinks, like, he's still giving, that's the thing, through all of this shit, like, he is narrating, and, like, somehow, I guess because this is a live event, like, you see, like, a breaking news report, and, like, there's a woman who is basically, like, we still have Wayne via, like, ear, um, like, ear speaker or whatever, so we can hear what he's saying, I guess, and he's got the camera, um, because his crew is all dead, it's only him, and he's still asking, like, what are you going to do next? And how are you going to disappear? And like, this is the part I was like, child. Because <laughs> he's like, how are y'all going to disappear since y'all are the, y'all are the most, you know, famous couple in, in like America right now. And she, Mallory said, we can disappear on that underground railroad. <laughs> and Mickey's like, okay, in the interview. I started laughing. I cracked up because I was like, damn, this girl, <laughs> God bless her, but she might be a little dumb. I was like, underground railroad, okay. <laughs> if that connects back to Queen and Slim, because they were on a modern day underground railroad. Yeah. Uh, and also they have described this whole encounter as fate. They think the riot was like an act of... The universe, oh, like, like it was meant to happen because they're like we didn't orchestrate anything. Like we just took advantage of, of the situation, I guess. And I was like, I guess that's a good way to like not take credit uh, for it, but also it's like fate, bruh. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's an interesting take, I guess. And then, um, yeah, they turned the guns on Wayne. Yeah, they let him know. Yeah, well, Wayne's like, oh, I can be your manager. <laughs> I can do this. We can put you on Oprah and Donahue. And we can we can do like a, a, a book tour or some shit. Like he was really trying to like work his way into like prolonging their like popularity. Um, so as long as he could stay alive or whatever. And uh, and they were like, well, I mean, we have to kill you. Um, we don't really know why. Like. He was like, why are you going to kill me? And he was like, I'm the last one. And Mickey said he, we're, he makes a statement, but they don't know which, like what kind of statement. They're just killing them to quote unquote make a statement. I was like, that feels a little too modern. <laughs> I feel like that happens now where people say we're making a statement. Then you ask them like, what kind of statement? They're like, we're just making a statement. We're just start- We're just starting the conversation. Hmm. And I was like, ooh. They're like, eh, we're just making a statement. And I guess he also mentions like Frankenstein, like Frankenstein's monster killing Frankenstein. So I guess it's like when you nurture some chaotic energy and then you can't get the chaotic energy under control and it comes back to bite you in the ass. I guess that's what's happening here. Yeah. Um, And then they shoot the shit out of him. They do. With shotguns. Shotguns are very aggressive. Yeah. They will fuck you up. And um, before this, I was like, dang, um, Robert Downey Jr. was actually very fine. He still is a good looking man, but I was like, this is nice, youthful. Con- considering the chaos that was happening behind the scenes with him in this time in his life. Yeah. He was looking pretty good. 
Play us at the house, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> nah, I mean, Dr. Fauci might have to put us back in the house well, considering things going on right now. Let some of us out of the house and some of us uh, not. Did you know Robert Downey Jr. is a petite king? He is 5'8 or 5'9. He is 5'9. Some people say 5'8 and a half. According to sources. Well, IMDb. <laughs> I, uh, he don't act like he's five nine. Walking around here, he walking around here like he's six foot two. <laughs> um, yeah, and then after this, uh, they show a lot of like clips and stuff. So they show I don't recognize some of these clips. Do you recognize some of these? Like the guy on trial. No. There's like some white guy on trial talking about like sex. Um, there is a wedding massacre on the news. There is these are real life things. Um, not for the movie, I don't think, because there's also a clip of Tanya Harding, or Tanya Harding, sorry, um, when she fell during either some performance or some uh, competition. Um, there's also a clip of OJ, which I was also thinking now, because I think they released like a director's cut of this. I don't know if this is a director's cut, but maybe they added that in later. Maybe. Because this is a trial image. This isn't like an image of him like out and about. Hmm. So I'm, I feel like they added that in after. Um, and then we see Mickey and Mallory, and they have two kids, and she's also pregnant with a third, and they're on the run still. Which I don't even know how that... How would you still be on the run? Uh, why are you still here? In this country. Yeah. Because <laughs> eventually I would think somebody would catch up with you. Yeah. That's the fantasy part about this. Girl. I'm like, I'm sure um, somebody would have caught up with you. Because at least at one point, I didn't mention this. At one point, like one of the cops is really mad at all the kids outside the trial because like there's a bunch of like young people outside the trial and they're like super excited. It's almost like they're at like a red carpet premiere. And then Mallory's walking down the, I guess, walking to the courthouse in the crowd. And she's like, oh, I'm having the time of my life. This is the best day ever. And then the cop is like, well, these kids don't need to idolize these two they need to be idolizing this guy and it was is the cop that they had shot and i was like oh i mean they tried <laughs> not that i was like oh it's giving a little hint of of blue lives matter yeah pre-blue lives matter i guess Ugh, just saying it i've said it twice and it um I, i'm a little sick to myself <laughs> so yeah i thought that was kind of interesting but um yeah and that's the movie yeah would you recommend it i um this is not a movie for everybody um at all <laughs> like <laughs> at all <laughs> because i mean I don't know. I feel like you'd have to be interested in, like, the, I guess, the characterization of it. Because it's very ridiculous. Like, not ridiculous, but it's very, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, You're just watching two white people commit a lot of crimes. And I'm sure people will be like, what the fuck? I don't want to watch that. Um, For the edi- editing, yes. Um, And, I don't know. I think it's, like, a nice, like, slice of... The chaos of the '90s. So I guess if you're interested in that, I don't think it's like a like 
this is like a movie that everybody should watch. But I think if you're looking for a good Bonnie and Clyde type film with a lot of pop culture references, then you might like this. Hmm. Yeah. I would agree. Like, I'm going to say while I enjoy this movie, I watch it if you want to. Right. Yeah. Like, don't like, you know, trip over yourself. <laughs> to, like... Don't say, hey, Ashley and Brittany said to watch this movie, so I'm going to watch this movie. Yeah, like like, trigger warnings, tons and tons of trigger warnings. It has mentions of sexual abuse. It has a lot of violence. Um, So it has flashing lights warnings for people with light sensitivities like me. Mm -hmm. Um, So just be mindful of all of that. Yeah, there's also, yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes on. I mean, we've talked about movies that are pretty fucked up, but just know that out the gate, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I like this way more than Queen and Slam. That's for. That is for sure. Yeah, I, I did two. I I, I did two. It was a little bit more interesting because it it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think just the energy. Yeah. I wish it like I wish Queen and Slim could match Queen and Slim, sorry, could match this energy. Cause I'm like thinking back and I was like, it's so like laid back and chill, even though it's like a they're like wanted for murder. You would think it'd be like a smidge more suspenseful um in its delivery. And I wish they could just like had like edged it up because now I'm thinking about it in comparison. I was like, it's just sad. <laughs> it's like a really sad story, and this is kind of like taking glee and a lot of fucked up things. Um, I mean, you can also just say like two white people doing crime versus two black people doing crime it gets two very different reactions. Um, for mm-hmm. people, they would not be on the cover of Time. I mean, you know what? People be getting a lot of people have been on the cover of magazines. Um, like I don't know, a lot of media have been putting black people on the cover of magazines. Um, I guess in an effort to stay in the conversation, but like it really is just self serving. But um, they definitely would not be on the cover of Time, and that people would not be like saying like, "Oh my God, I just love Queen and Slim." No white people, at least. I don't think. Yeah. But I I don't know. Like, I think we talked about this in the episode about how maybe, like, this quest to show, like, the black experience can be maybe limiting in, like, what liberties you could take in the story. You know what I mean? Because... I feel like if you did, like, something like this, it would be considered, like, fantastical on a level. Because they would never get away with this shit. Yeah. But I think... I think that would be interesting to see. I wish somebody would just, like, do it. I just wish somebody would just say, fuck it. We don't really care. Like, we know what the real life rules are and how this shit would really go down. But what if it didn't go down like that? Yeah. Um, Because I kind of, I mean, I don't know if we're ever at the end of things like this. Like, we talked about with, like, Lovecraft Country. 
and how like that kind of depiction is really not entirely meant for just us. It's teaching people history lessons. <laughs> um, and so it, we're like the people that would call it. I mean, lots of people enjoy Lovecraft Country, but like you, I think you said like you felt like you were an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some some of these movies, I feel like that too, like with Queen and Slim and and related films, I guess, because I'm like, I want to like really have some like, I want to see something real different. Like I know like what real life is, but maybe like for people who do not know what real life is for black people, like they fucking loved it. And some black people might just love the depiction of to see black people on screen, even though I'm like, damn, can we like have some like true like imagination in the story because we all know what would go down but like what if they just got away with it and they just were just riding around um acting like badasses or whatever like what would that look like or even if they were doing that or even if they got away yeah like getting away is different. Yeah, I mean, in this part too. I mean, I was thinking about that yesterday, or really like, kind of going back and trying to think of like what we talked about, <laughs> um, and like how, like the whole concept of like legacy and martyrdom and stuff was like such a big part of it. And I was like, I don't know why we're trying to like press this as like a thing that like people should like emulate or like imitate um in that sense and that's why I was like because I know like I don't know if we mentioned this in Queen and Slim but they had like the cop that they end up killing had killed somebody else before and I think that was the big sort of motivation for a lot of people to like root for them because this man had gotten away with it previously um but I just was like why does it have to be so like I don't know, like, maybe, like, take some liberties and really kind of, like, push the the concept of, like, what is possible would be interesting to see. Um, because I know, like, the kid in the movie is like, oh, yeah, I want to be a martyr or I want to be, like, you know, immortalized like you guys. <laughs> and in this one, it's not even really, like, a, like a concept. Um... And again, I mean, of course, like what white people are concerned about, what black people are concerned about are uh, usually two different things. But um, yeah, I just wish this had more, like I wish Queen's Slim had more of this kind of like chaotic attitude and just like, quote unquote, no fucks given attitude. Um, And I hope more filmmakers start just kind of reaching outside of like retelling history or re- telling a story within the confines of history or, like, what historically happens. Like, I really want people to just start, like, walling the fuck out. Um, you, you don't have to tell a polite story. You don't have to tell a respectable story. Read, like, tell an imaginative story. Yeah. Like, even if you do look back on history, like, how can you make it? Like, to me, looking back on history, I don't look back on, like, film history mm-hmm. um like how can you do it differently or yeah. like i don't know like challenge yourself as a filmmaker like challenge yourself as a storyteller like how can you 
do something differently. Like just challenge, challenge yourself and challenge your out audience. Yeah. Like I just don't, I mean, everybody's kind of obsessed with like, this isn't a film. This is the documentary. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> I want something like a little bit more like, I mean, I guess if you apply it to black people, it will be fantastical because it's not like real life. But I mean, there's also the movies like it doesn't have to be real life. And even honestly, though, like even if you do something from a certain time period, like you can make it interesting. Like I revisited like Dead Presidents, as I probably mentioned in the last episode. I think you did. And it's interesting to watch. I revisited like Waiting to Exhale and how Stella got her groove back earlier this year. They're interesting to watch because they take place in a certain period of time. Um, and they're, they were interesting for their time. And we watched like Soul Food for the show <laughs> like and Players Club and, and House Party and things like that. And they're they're interesting movies to watch because they do have a place in time, um, and I don't know. I, we could we could get bigger. We could just do different things. That's I guess that's what we're trying to say. And I just when I what, the reason why I brought it up because I was thinking about like you know how everybody says like oh if this is if black people were in this movie, this movie would never happen. Mm-hmm. And but I it ha- can. But I hate how that is a thing because I was like, do y'all realize how limiting that sounds? Like, what what can you do? Like, it makes it narrows down like what kinds of stories that you believe are possible with black people in them. I'm like, let black people be in the weird ass movie with the shit, <laughs> doing weird shit, and see what happens. Like, I don't understand. I mean. It may not be good because we also did like Sorry to Bother You. Like that's a weird fucking movie about it a black is a, person. It, it's a weird movie, but like, have you seen anything like that since then? No. No. But like, it's challenging. Yeah, I mean, it's visually challenging, clearly. <laughs> um, and it's telling like, it's it's taking really familiar things that we all kind of know, like about gentrification and, and being fucking poor and... and and uh, corporate interests outweighing human rights. Um, but it tells it in a different way. Now, does it go off the fucking rails? Yes. <laughs> but, like, I think that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm hoping more people in these positions will kind of start. I mean, like, Bad Hair was a fucking weird-ass movie, but, like, I mean, that's a start. <laughs> Did I enjoy that movie? Absolutely not. But, like... The weirdness factor, I think, is kind of is necessary. And black people can get weird. I see weird shit happen on TikTok and fucking Twitter all fucking day. We are a very imaginative group of people. I just don't know why when it comes to the movies that are greenlit. Because I guess it's not enough opportunities to take chances. Like Yeah, that's another thing. You can... Like certain directors can make a mess of a movie and get another chance, whereas like a black director won't necessarily have that opportunity again. Yeah, that's true. 
I hope there's somebody out there that really wants to make some weird shit though. Like, where are you? If you if you got something weird, like really weird, give us the shit. Give us Let's, the shit, the doo doo, the poopity pop. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that movie? <laughs> I'll never be over it. I'll never fucking be over it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, too, I don't want to classify like natural born killers as weird necessarily. I just think it just takes something that's very like Bunny and Clyde is not a new concept. By any stretch of the imagination, I don't know how many Bonnie and Clyde type movies there are, but I just think that this is like a like this kind of entire like it just comes together better in a way that I wish Queen and Slim had just kind of like you know stretched its legs a little bit more. Yeah, I believe in y'all. Give us the drama. Give us the heat. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I went off on the original tangent that I had <laughs> gone off originally. But uh, yeah, in in short, just uh, yeah, if you watch this, shit's chaotic. Um, don't blame us if you uh are susceptible to flashing lights. Uh, consider not watching this. <laughs> Maybe mm, be careful, girl. Can Just you watch movies me. with like? How do you deal with that? I have a question. How do you deal with that? Who, me? Yeah, as a person who okay. has issues with flashing lights. So, I, I don't think I've talked about it on the show for real, for real. Oh. So, take a moment to tell everybody who's listening that I have a disability. <laughs> I guess that's what it would be classified as. Yeah, it is a disability. So um, I have chronic migraines. I've talked about those, but they're severe. Um, So they can be triggered by flashing lights. Um, So I have to be very careful. So for example, one time when I went to see It, part two, which was very upsetting because it has flashing lights and the movie was trash, got very (laughs) ill. (laughs) Um, So I wish I had known... Beforehand, didn't you love Gladiator? I mean, he was all right. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) He was all right. I'm just fucking with you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell. Don't tell. (laughs) I'm just fucking. (laughs) But like, putting flashing lights warnings on movies is important because had I known, and if I known the movie was garbage. I wouldn't have gotten sick. But, like, in the theater, it's a little worse because it's dark. And when the lights flash, like, closing my eyes won't help. It sure won't. Because um, you can still see it because the whole theater is dark. And it is just, like, bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah. Um, but at home, I can have, like, the lights on. Or I can, like, pause the movie and watch it in better conditions. Or I can fast forward it through a... a to a different point where the flashing lights have stopped. Okay. Um, but it really depends. Sometimes if it is not as intense, it's not um, as bothersome. Like if it's like a quick flash, it's okay. But if it's like, for example, Tales from the Hood, Ugh. that yeah. particular scene, like, 
I had to fast forward it last time I watched, the last couple times I watched, because that's too long. Um, and I have not rewatched it part two since I saw it in theaters because it made me really, really sick. Like I had a seizure after watching it. Damn. Yeah. I don't even remember. I've only seen it once and I was like um, pretty lit. So <laughs> and it was also very late at night. So I don't think I watched it again. But I remember most of it. I mean, I don't really need to watch it again. But um, yeah, no, I just want to know because like flashing lights um, has come up a lot. So yeah, yeah. So uh, and it wasn't always this way. Like when I was younger with my migraines, it wasn't a trigger. But as my migraines got worse as I got older, it has become one. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta get it how you live and do what you can to <laughs> to live, like to survive in this world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe one, maybe more people should probably put stuff on their things. However, if you ask a director to do anything, to warn anything about anybody about anything in their movie, they get all pissy. So, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's Brittany's um, what to do when shit is fucked up. Yeah. Power hour. <laughs> uh, so I guess... We have some ideas of what we're going to do for Christmas, as it is, or I guess the most, December, Christmas, holidays. Um, We have finally reached the end of this hellish year. Can you believe? No, I can't. <laughs> I am slowly forgetting everything about this year because I can't do it. And also nothing happened to me, at least, because not an uneventful year by any stretch of the imagination, but I guess... You know, don't have a lot of memories with friends like I used to or usually would have. Um, but we're going to celebrate the end of this fucking year um, with a film. I don't know if we want to reveal the film quite yet because we haven't really decided. And it might yeah. be, I don't want to say film singular. Could be could be a pair. Yeah, it could be. We're going to surprise y'all. We don't know. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean... If you want to, like, listen to our back catalog, I don't think we had any, like, emails either. So, um, if you send us an email, I'm sorry. Um, we will get to it next time. Um, but if you want to send us an email, if you want to talk to us, you should hit us up at um, BLK Girl Film Club on Twitter. Um, we're Black Girl Film Club on Instagram. Uh, you can look up our website, blackgirlfilmclub.com. Um, email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com we are on Spotify SoundCloud, um, iTunes oh not iTunes, ooh throwback it is not 2011 no more uh, <laughs> we are on Apple Podcasts and pretty much anywhere else you can get podcasts um, we're pretty we're, we're out here and of course like I said talk to us, hit us up um Give us a nice rating, maybe, if you think we're doing that a good job. cute. A little cute little, little gift for us as we gather around to talk about Whites Only Thanksgiving. <laughs> I had to. It's November. <laughs> the tweets came down, and I was like, this man is not getting invited to the family Zoom this year. I think he's locked his account. 
Of course he did. He can't show his face around these parts. I think it locks every November down. I mean, I would. I would be embarrassed. I'm going to just tell you that I searched his name on Twitter and that was the first thing that showed up was his name Thanksgiving. I mean, uh... <laughs> not to just shit on someone's experience, but when you try to bl- drag black women into it, I'm going to shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> Your tweet is like the sixth one. <laughs> if you need more context to what we're talking about, please go listen to our soul food episode. <laughs> um, I believe that was last year. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Um, time is illusion. I don't know what's happening anymore. Um, so yeah. You can go find that. We kind of talk about that. But we didn't, I mean, no, not last year. We did November last year, the year before last. We did Blowout last year. <gasps> oh, we showed it. And Strangers on a Train. <laughs> <laughs> crisscross. Crisscross, the iconic crisscross. Yeah, so definitely, uh, if you're going to get into the Thanksgiving spirit, if you're not at the house with your family, please don't go see your family if you don't have to. Please, God, please, please take care of each other and don't get people sick. Um, you can always spend it with us um, with that episode, talking about some good old family drama and how to cook collard greens if you are yeah. a fake vegetarian like Brittany. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, look out for our next episode when that drops. And, um, I don't know. You got anything else for the people, Brittany? Um, no, I want you all to have, um, a good time, but a safe time at your house with the people who live in your house. (laughs) Yeah. I'm lucky that we don't really think celebrate Thanksgiving with the general family so I don't have to worry about anybody saying we're gonna come over because you sure won't be so we're just gonna keep it nice and cute with our little three piece over here as we usually do yeah so not to judge anybody I know it's hard to stay away from family yeah it's hard it's been a tough time yes we get it yes but also just like you know Keep that thought in the back of your mind, y'all. Mm-hmm. Just think about next Thanksgiving. Yes. Just think about that time. Yes. Thanksgiving 2021. Will the will the times get better just because it's the new year? Probably not, but we're going to keep hope alive. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's all we got. All right. Okay. On that sobering note, <laughs> we're going to go. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.